Hello, welcome back to Meaningless Problems with me, Doe Wilman. This is episode three of at least 52 and the listener numbers so far are much higher than I could have expected. So thank you for uh, for passing it on and, uh, and sharing it with your friends. And also thank you to a number of you who've sent in very nice uh, comments. Uh, it's been great to, uh, to, to hear from you. And if you'd like to get in touch, you can do so via the contact form on my website, meaninglessproblems.com. It doesn't just have to be nice comments, though. If you've got any questions or suggestions, please send those in too. And if you've got anything negative that you'd like to, uh, to, to, to send, you can do that as well. It's a relatively new email address that I'm, uh, I'm using there. And the spam folder is currently empty. So it'd be great to, uh, to put something in there. Right then, I promised you at the outset that some of these episodes would be comedies, some would be more serious, and some would be rubbish. Well, the first one was more of a comedy, the second one was more serious, and uh, I hope you enjoy the third. It's called The End Product. The writer took the mug of tea upstairs and placed it on the floor next to the shower. You're a diamond, said the plumber, removing the lid from the cistern. Working from home today, are you? Lots of Zoom meetings and whatnot? No, thank God, said the writer. I'm, a, I'm working on a, on, on a new project. I've, a, I've set myself a challenge to write, record and produce a short story every single week, which I'm going to, a, to, a, to put out on a podcast. What the writer didn't say was that the next episode was due out tomorrow and he had absolutely no idea what it was going to be about. Nice one, said the plumber. I'll listen to that, defo. Send me the links and I'll stick it on while I'm doing me jobs. Oh, uh, yes, great, we'll do, cheers. She won't take me long, mates. He smiled widely and patted the toilet seat like it was a prized pig. I'll have the old girl up and running in no time at all. Great, great, thank you. Just you, is it, mate? You work alone? Well, no writer works alone. Got an assistant, have you? No, no. Well, unless you count humanity itself. The plumber looked puzzled. But it is just you in the house. It is, yes. I... It's a wider point. Don't don't worry. Now, go on, mate. Well, I, I just think in our society, we give far too much credence to the individual artist and I think the uh, I think the truth is everyone plays a role no man is an island or woman my mate John said the plumber he's a woman goes by Joan now right uh, well uh, my point was if I ever produce a piece of writing that's worth anything then everyone I've ever met including you will have played a part writing is a collaborative project it is perhaps the collaborative project Is that right, mate? For millennia, said the writer, before immediately hating himself for using the phrase for millennia in front of the plumber. People have wondered what it's all about, haven't they? What's the point of any of this? What are we doing here, you know? And there must be a point, right? It can't all be for nothing. And and I think the way I look at it is that the whole world is one giant factory and the end product, the thing we're producing, is art. The plumber was fiddling around with his spanner 
and it occurred to the writer that he probably stopped listening some time ago. It's just a theory. It's probably not fully thought through, but... uh... Go on, mate, said the plumber. I'm all ears. Love a good theory. The writer was glad the plumber was facing away from him, because otherwise he may have found it hard to disguise the huge smile spreading across his face. This theory the writer was trying to play down was actually his latest obsession. So the opportunity to try it out on an audience was one the writer could not resist, particularly when the audience was a manual worker, exactly the sort of person who would benefit most if the theory were in fact correct. So, pausing only to take occasional sips from his lemon and ginger tea, the writer proceeded to set out the theory in full. If aliens were to observe the planet from afar, he said, the way we move things from one place to another, the way we're constantly building and knocking things down, the way everyone has their own little role, I think from this vantage point, they'd have to conclude we were some sort of factory. And every factory needs an end product. And as far as I can see, the only candidate is art. The inspiration, the sense of awe, the way it can transport us, not just to other countries, other times, but into other people's minds. In an instant, a song, a poem, a painting can transform who we are, sometimes for a moment, sometimes forever. It can reveal truths that are not just beyond the comprehension of the artist, but the society in which he lives, or she. Every day, we find new patterns in old paintings, new ideas in old books, even in a godless universe. Art is the window to the divine. If there is any point to our existence on this planet, any reason for the pain, the suffering, the conflicts, the deaths, it must be, it can only be, to discover new forms of artistic expression. When a civilization collapses, as they always do, if you save its books and songs and sculptures, it will live on as brightly as though it had never perished at all. People think humanity's annihilation is inevitable, but if we can send our greatest art out into the cosmos, all it takes is one distant being, an audience of one on some faraway galaxy, and we shall live on, not just the artists, all of us. And, and this, this is the key point, you see, of, of my theory. Just because art is the reason we're all here, it doesn't mean we should value artists above anybody else. No, we need to tear down the wall between artist and non-artist. In a car factory, for instance, one worker might perform a minor role, I don't know, unboxing the windscreen wipers or whatever, but without their seemingly tiny input, the car could not be completed. And so, in the same way, in the same way that it takes a whole factory to build a car, it takes the whole world to make a piece of art. At the most basic level, a writer requires paper and pens or a computer, and so all the people who are involved in the creation of any of those things are part of the factory. He also needs food and shelter and, realistically, a water supply and a functioning bathroom, which is where plumbers come in. Then, after the myriad other basic needs are covered, he needs to read the work of other writers, which was informed by other writers and informed by other writers and other artists of all descriptions. And then, of course, he needs to live. So he needs the interaction of all the people he ever meets. He needs friends. He needs antagonists. He needs to feel love. He needs to feel sadness. He needs to experience as close to the full repertoire of human emotions and he cannot do that without those around him. And those around him have had their behaviour shaped by the people around them. So even if you don't shape an artist directly, you'll shape somebody who does. Then there's all the people the artist observes from afar, and all the people who help shape their behaviour. And that's not to mention the role we all play as readers, watchers, listeners of the art. 
and the way that our responses shape what comes next, forcing the artist to hone their work, to make it tighter and sharper or whatever it may be. And so it doesn't take long to realise that in one way or another, when a new book or painting or song is produced, everyone has played a small role in bringing this piece of art into the world. It is therefore the world, not the artist, who is the true owner of the work. The artist is a cog in the factory, no better or worse than anyone else. When a new idea pops up, it's no different to a new box of windscreen wipers or whatever coming along the conveyor belt. We don't create the idea, not really. We simply take it out of its box. When you die, you can't take your money or your property with you. But you can't take your creations either, even if you're Shakespeare. Your name, your reputation, your artwork, it all stays behind. At which point, it belongs to everyone. A great artist leases his imagination from the universe, or hers, but the universe always claims it back. So as long as we play a part in the process, and we all play a part in the process, we are the owners of all the greatest art that has ever been made. Whether or not my writing amounts to anything, whether this podcast of mine succeeds or flops, it doesn't matter because I, just like everyone else, wake up every day to work at the factory of art. And there is no better place to work. And there you are. The whole world is a factory. The end product is art. And you play just as much a role in creating that art as me or anybody else. So if someone asks you, what do you do? You can say you're not a plumber. You're an artist. As he was building up to this flourish, the writer was imagining a huge audience rising to their feet to salute him. Instead, his audience of one was whistling to himself while checking something on his phone. Anyway, said the writer, it's just a theory. No, said the plumber, putting the lid back on the cistern and turning to face him. I think you're right. And as the plumber looked at him, the writer had to turn away to hide his smile. No, no, he said, feigning indifference. Just a silly idea. More or less, anyway, you know what I mean. I think the world's definitely a factory. I think that makes perfect sense. And we're all little cogs, ain't we? Parts of the machine and whatnot. Yeah, defo, defo, mate. Of course we are, of course. We're building something, collectively. I get that. No, it's clear as day now you mention it. All of us playing our little role without realising it. And we're all involved in the process. Yeah, you're right. You're almost entirely right. At this point, he stood up and finished what was left of his black tea. Only, I don't think it's art, you know what I mean? I don't think it's paintings and songs and writing and whatnot. Nah, mate. I think it's toilets. I'm sorry, said the writer. Toilets, said the plumber. Johns, Carsies, shitters. Yeah, look, art's great and all, don't get me wrong. But there's people out there what don't care for it. My mate Joan, she never watches nothing but reality TV and the news. Never reads books, does my head in, but there you go. She ain't alone neither. I know lots of people like that, bet you do and all. But I bet you ain't met no one who don't use a toilet. That alien on the distant planet, right? The one who's meant to discover our artwork and let it live on. To them, it might be like the scribbles my daughter brings home from school. Precious to me, yeah, but meaningless to anyone else. And you was talking about changing people's moods. Nothing does that like a trip to the Kazi, does it? Be honest. 
And come on now, son, what's improved people's lives more over the past few hundred years if we're really getting into it? The supposed rise in the quality of art or the improvement in toilets and sanitation. But listen, just because toilets are the reason we're here, it don't mean we should value plumbers above anyone else. No, no, no. At the most basic level, right, a plumber requires tools and pipes and houses and whatnot. And everyone who's made any of them things have played a part. And he's learnt his trade from the plumbers what have shaped him and the plumbers what have shaped them. And that's not to mention the reviews, checker trade and all that. So what we need to do is tear down the wall between plumbers and non-plumbers. Although, to be fair, if we wanted to do that, we'd need to get a plasterer. Okay, said the writer, I, I take your point. You have played just as much a role in fixing this toilet as me or anybody else. So if someone asks you what you do, you can say, you're not a writer. You're a plumber. There is no sweeter sound in the universe. He patted the writer on the back and made his way down the stairs. The writer stepped forward and stared into the toilet bowl. He watched as the final few bubbles from that last flush popped and disappeared with indifference. All good, mate, said the plumber and the writer, moving his body as though in a trance, went downstairs to join him. I ain't offended you or nothing, have I? No, no, said the writer. Not at all, no. Listen, said the plumber. Your short story podcast thingy. Send me the link, and I'll make sure I have a listen. Thanks, said the writer. I will. Here, any idea what your next episode's going to be about? At this point, the writer didn't try to hide how he was feeling. He looked at the plumber and allowed himself a huge smile. That was the end product. Thank you for listening. And uh, I've mentioned previously about a target of 1,000 subscribers. We're on around 10% of that already and it's only episode three but more people are listening than are subscribed so if you're a listener just make sure that you are subscribed and that means clicking follow or the downward arrow button or the uh, cross button generally in the uh, in the top right corner of your uh, of, of your phone screen it should be relatively straightforward uh, but yeah if you could subscribe that would be wonderful and um and yeah, keep listening and tell your friends and I will see you here next week for number four. Thank you.